Hello, this is R.J. Deacon reading the Supreme Court of the United States Opinion Syllabus in United States versus Arthrex, certiorari to United States Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit. Argued March 1st, 2021. Decided June 21st, 2021. If you'd like to support the podcast or uh, me so I can have a little gas in my motorcycle to get to my public defender internship this summer, uh, find the PayPal link in the show notes. The question in these cases is whether the authority of administrative patent judges, APJs, to issue decisions on behalf of the executive branch is consistent with the Appointments Clause of the Constitution. APJs conduct adversarial proceedings for challenging the validity of an existing patent before the Patent Trial and Appeal Board, PTAB. During such proceedings, the PTAB sits in panels of at least three of its members who are predominantly APJs. That's 35 U.S.C. Section 6A and 6C. The Secretary of Commerce appoints all members of the PTAB, including 200-plus APJs, except for the director, who is nominated by the President and confirmed by the Senate. That's uh, Sections 3B1, 3B2, Cap A, and uh, 6A. After Smith and Nephew Incorporated and Arthrocare Corporation, collectively Smith and Nephew, petitioned for inter partes review of a patent secured by Arthrex Incorporated, three APJs concluded that the patent was invalid. On appeal to the Federal Circuit, Arthrex claimed that the structure of the PTAB violated the Appointments Clause, which specifies how the President may appoint officers to assist in carrying out his responsibilities. It's Article 2, Section 2, Clause 2. Arthrex argued that the APJs were principal officers who must be appointed by the President with the advice and consent of the Senate, and that their appointment by the Secretary of Commerce was therefore unconstitutional. The Federal Circuit held that the APJs were principal officers whose appointments were unconstitutional because neither the Secretary nor Director can review their decisions or remove them at will. To remedy this constitutional violation, the Federal Circuit invalidated the APJ's tenure protections, making them removable at will by the Secretary. Supreme Court held a decision is, uh, or the judgment is vacated and the case is remanded. The Chief Justice delivered the opinion of the court with respect to parts one and two, concluding that the unreviewable authority wielded by APJs during inter partes review is incompatible with their appointment by the Secretary of Commerce to an inferior office. The Appointments Clause provides that only the President, with the advice and consent of the Senate, can appoint principal officers. With respect to inferior officers, the clause permits Congress to vest appointment power in the President alone, in the courts of law, or in the heads of departments. In Edmund v. United States, this court explained that an inferior officer must be directed and supervised at some level by others who were appointed by, the president, or appointed by presidential nomination with the advice and consent of the Senate. Applying that test to Coast Guard of Criminal Appeals judges appointed by the Secretary of Transportation, the court held that judges were inferior officers because they were effectively supervised by a combination of presidentially nominated and Senate-confirmed officers in the executive branch. What the court in Edmund found significant was that those judges had no power to render a final decision on behalf of the United States 
unless permitted to do so by other executive officers. Such review by a superior executive officer is absent here. While the director has tools of administrative oversight, neither he nor any other superior executive officer can directly review decisions by APJs. Only the PTAB itself may grant rehearings. Section 6C. This restriction on review relieves the director of responsibility for the final decisions rendered by APJs under his charge. Their decision, the final word within the executive branch, compels the director to issue and publish a certificate canceling or confirming patent claims he had previously allowed. It's um, Section 318B. The government and Smith and Nephew contend that the director has various ways to indirectly influence the course of inter partes review. The director, for example, could designate APJs predisposed to decide a case in his preferred manner. But such machinations blur the lines of accountability demanded by the Appointments Clause and leave the parties with neither an impartial decision by a panel of experts nor a transparent decision for which a politically accountable officer must take responsibility. Even if the director can refuse to designate APJs on future PTAB panels, he has no means of countermanding the final decision already on the books. Nor can the secretary meaningfully control APJs through the threat of removal from federal service entirely because she can fire them only for such cause as will promote the efficiency of the service. That's 5 U.S.C. section 7513A. Also see uh, Celia Law versus Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. And the possibility of an appeal to the federal circuit does not provide the necessary supervision. APJs exercise executive power and the president must be ultimately responsible for their actions. See Arlington versus FCC. Given the insulation of PTAB decisions from any executive review, the president can neither oversee the PTAB himself nor attribute the board's failings to those whom he can oversee. See um, Free Enterprise Fund versus Public Company Accounting Oversight Board. APJs accordingly exercise power that conflicts with the design of the Appointments Clause to preserve political accountability. See uh, Edmund. History reinforces the conclusion that the unreviewable executive power exercised by APJs is incompatible with their status as inferior officers. Founding-era congressional statutes and early decisions from this court indicate that adequate supervision entails review of decisions issued by inferior officers. See, for example, um, one statute, uh, 66 through 67, uh, Barnard versus Ashley, and... Uh, couple others. Congress carried that model of principal officer review into the modern administrative state. See, for example, 5 U.S.C. Section 557B. According to the government and Smith and Nephew, heads of department appoint a handful of contemporary officers who purportedly exercise final decision-making authority. Several of their examples, however, involve inferior officers whose decisions a superior executive officer can review or implement a system for reviewing, see Freetag versus Commissioner, 
nor does the structure of the PTAB draw support from the predecessor Board of Appeals, which determined the patentability of inventions in panels composed of examiners-in-chief without an appeal to the commissioner. Those board decisions could be reviewed by the Court of Customs and Patent Appeals, an executive tribunal, and may also have been subject to the unilateral control of the agency head. The court does not attempt to set forth an exclusive criterion for distinguishing between principal and inferior officers for appointments clause purposes. Um, That's Edmund. Many decisions by inferior officers do not bind the executive branch to exercise executive power in a particular manner, and the court does not address supervision outside the context of adjudication. Here, however, Congress has assigned APJs significant authority in adjudicating the public rights of private parties, while also insulating their decisions from review and their offices from removal. That's uh, Buckley versus Vallejo. The Chief uh, Chief Justice, joined by Justice Alito, Justice Kavanaugh, and Justice Barrett, concluded in Part 3, which I think that's only four, um, that Section 6C cannot constitutionally be enforced to the context that its requirements prevent the director from reviewing final decisions rendered by APJs. The director accordingly may review final PTAB decisions and upon review may issue decisions himself on behalf of the board. Section 6C otherwise remains operative as to the other members of the PTAB. When reviewing such decision, such a decision by the director, a court must decide the case conformably to the Constitution, disregarding the law, placing restrictions on his review authority in violation of Article 2. That's uh, Marbury versus Madison. The appropriate remedy is a remand to the acting director to decide whether to rehear the petition filed by Smith and Nephew. A limited remand provides an adequate opportunity for review by a principal officer because the source of the constitutional violation is the restraint on the review authority of the director, rather than the appointment of APJs by the secretary. Arthrex is not entitled to a hearing before a new panel of APJs. Chief Justice Roberts delivered the opinion of the court, with respect to parts 1 and 2, in which Justices Alito, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett joined, and an opinion with respect to part 3, in which Justices Alito, Kavanaugh, and Barrett joined. Justice Gorsuch filed an opinion concurring in part and dissenting in part. Justice Breyer filed an opinion concurring in the judgment in part and dissenting in part, in which Justices Sotomayor and Kagan joined. Justice Thomas filed a dissenting opinion, in which Justice Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan joined as to parts one and two. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to get a hold of the podcast, we can be reached at rhodesscholar80 at gmail.com. That's R-O-A-D-S and the number eight zero. If you'd like to support me or the podcast, that's uh, the PayPal link in the show notes, Patreon, or find me on my email.